what happened to me, which was one of the best things that ever happened to me, this was an amazing, I didn't realize at the time, I was doing a local function at a place called Maidley Civic Hall here in Stoke, just outside. And standing at the back of the room when I was, I was just doing one spot at this function, which is nice, because when you're used to doing three at working men's clubs, God bless them. And there's a guy standing at the back of the room with a crombie coat on, off the shoulder, a big cigar, and a briefcase standing by the wall at the back of the room, looked out of place. And I couldn't take my eyes off him. And I did well. I did well. I had a good night. And I came up and went into my dressing room. They came and knocked on my door. And it's this guy with the combi and the cigar and the briefcase. <laughs> he came in and he said, I'm Tony James. I'm an agent and I want to manage you. I've seen you twice before and I've, I've come to see you tonight. And I want to offer you a management and I want to give, offer you a contract for three years and I'll look after all your work. That doesn't happen. And anymore. I think I was, I was just about thinking about turning pro at the time. And... Uh, Tony, I went to see him in his office, and he was a great bull person. <laughs> <laughs> he just started as an agent, and uh, he, he got great ideas, and I signed a three-year contract with him, and he was absolutely wonderful. We did well together. He got me out of the working men's clubs into cabaret. Cabaret clubs were just taking off in the early 70s. And I remember the first one I did was uh, the Talk of the North at Manchester. The first week I ever did was that with Matt Munro. Oh, one of your idols. He certainly was. He was my idol before that, and even a bigger one after. <coughs> and then I, he got me out of the working men's clubs into cabaret, and I moved... I was doing, rather than doing one nights and working man's clubs all around the country, I was doing weeks in places then. So it feels better, doesn't it, to stay somewhere a week, you get the yeah, vibe for the room, the yeah, audiences. Exactly, yeah. And it's just, and just a, do the one spot. one spot. Very professional as well. And yeah. the, the world changed for me, so. And how long did you do that for? Um, that, that, that would be 19, well, 1970, I did my first cabaret room, which was that with Matt. And then I started to work with a lot of, shall we call, star entertainers. I was a supporting comic for singers. So I didn't work with the Bob Monkhouses and the, and, until I went to the Talk of the Midlands at Derby to do a week. And uh, I can't remember who I was on with that week, but it was a good week. And the compare at the Talk of the Midlands at Derby was a guy called Ricky DeSoni, who was a great singer. And he went to Australia. And the owners of the Talk of the Midlands said, when Ricky leaves, will you come and take over as the resident compare? I never compared before. Will you come and take over as the resident compare as the Talk of the Midlands? Which was 30, 40 miles away from home. And it was seven nights a week. So you could go home after every show? I could, yeah. Yeah. So and we had everybody there. So Who were your favourite acts, favourite stars that were on there? On there? Um, oh, favorite star on there. My favorite star to work with of all time was Matt Munro. Always Matt Munro. It's yeah. always Matt. I always come back to Matt because yeah. we spent a lot of time together. I never worked with him at the talk. Um, my favorite one at the talk was Dave Allen. Oh, Dave Allen. Dave Allen was good. Uh, Marty Feldman. Marty Feldman, great, great comics. Um, 
No, Jimmy he, Ed, Jimmy Edwards. Jimmy Edwards, the comedian, yeah. Yeah, Jimmy Edwards, uh, and Jimmy Edwards was a, a, a star in movies. Yeah, it was, yeah. A character, a mm. great character. But the, when I think about it now, I took things so much for granted. I wouldn't sleep now. We, we had Count Basie for four nights. We had we had Buddy Rich for four nights. That would never happen now, would it? No. Never and I just took that. Now I wouldn't sleep. I'd be that excited. Yeah. But uh, I got Buddy Rich and um, Count Basie wandering about backstage with me. And did they do a few nights? They do four two, nights. Four nights. They and were, you just—it uh, was as if they were just another jobbing act. Yes. Well, it was. I, I knew I was in the presence of uh, royalty. Yeah. But but uh, you took it in your stride. Took it in my stride. Yeah. But we had so many great entertainers there. So you really have come like from start to finish. You've always been in the business, even yeah. if you've had these little day jobs. And well, little... what happened then? Uh, that that was before Faces. I hadn't done new Faces then. Right. That was the, That was seventy two, seventy three, and then. Yes, and then after I did the winner's show on New Faces with Les Dennis. I always mention Les. Ah, lovely Les because Dennis. Because Les went on to do that and I went on to do Tupperware parties. <laughs> <laughs> and who was the uh, who were the judges when you did New Faces? When I did New Faces, ah, I, uh, I'll try and remember from the... I know the winner's show was Arthur Askey did his very first one. Buzzy Bee. Yeah, but yeah, I'm a little Buzzy Bee, yeah. Um, Arthur Askey. Uh, Tony Hatch was on my winner's show. Mm. Um, on the uh, on the original show, Noel Gordon from, from Crossroads, Crossroads yeah. was Crossroads. on the, the initial one. Um, and oh, I, 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 names I, I've forgotten now. Who was the compare? So the, the, the the compare of the show was Derek Hobson. Yeah, and uh, he compared the, the first show and the winner's show. And I did the second one, and of course Les Cox was a producer. And uh, Derek asked me when I did the winners' show. He, this was before we went on to on air. He said, "Since you did the first show, anything happened to you different? Anything I can mention?" And I said, "Not really." I, I said, "Oh, I've, I've become a father." Oh, he said, "That's that'll do." He said, "What's his name?" I said, "Rob." And he said, uh, "Right." So he said. We're going to introduce you now to a young man who made a name for himself last December when he was on and when he won the award show in December, and since then he's become a father and he's, he's now the father of Robert. I think I think he mentioned his name. He might have just said he's his father. But the first time Rob got mentioned was, on was in 1974. Yeah. That was the year he was born. He was mentioned then. Amazing. Yeah. So you see, he's been in the business forever as well, hasn't he? Well, he got he got a mention. Uh, that's all he needs to be yeah, in this business. Yeah, to you start, get a mention. Start to you're in, you're in showbiz. Correct. Yeah. And so after you'd done the new faces, did you find that your life really changed? Your career really took a different turn. Um, a lot of things happened then. Uh, I got I became pretty busy, and I was married to Jan at the time. And I, I, I couldn't earn a living in Soconstrant. My 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 job took me away a lot, and quite rightly, she was not very happy about the no, the amount of time I was spending away. So she said we should do something together. Well, I had a lot of friends in pubs. <laughs> I spent a lot of time with them at the time, and uh, I was told, why don't you apply? I think Bass Brewery at the time were putting faces in places, as I called it. A lot of footballers were taking pubs 
from the area. And I wrote to the brewery and I was told that it would take at least a couple of years before they'd, they'd think about um, my letter. <coughs> that was a long time to wait, two years. A long just, time, it's just the right, get a, yeah, right time for me. Yeah. I wasn't that keen, mm. but I thought to keep the peace, I would write a letter. Mm. So I wrote the letter. The following week, somebody came to see me and said, would you like the Red Lion in Burslem, in Stoke-on-Trent? Burslem. And the guy, and the guy who's leaving is a friend of mine. He's leaving, going to another pub. And if you want that, you can have it. Well, I couldn't say I didn't want it because I'd just written the letter, which would be a bit daft. <laughs> and to keep I, I, matrimony, you know, I did it to keep harmonies, the peace. Yeah. yeah, I did it to keep the peace. And uh, anyway, three weeks later, I moved in. I had to cancel all my work. And uh, I took the ball by the horns and became the licensee of the Red Line in Burslem. That was 19, that was the year after I won New Faces. And how long did you have the pub for? How long did I stay at the pub? Yeah. Three years. Three years. Till 77, when we got divorced anyway. <laughs> so, um, so you went straight back to showbiz, straight back treading the boards? Well, the business had changed completely all the cabaret clubs that I worked in they're all starting to close now at the end of the 70s cabaret clubs as, as per se were massive in the early 70s towards the end of the 70s early 80s they were all going by the board they were all closing uh, the novelty had worn off things had changed big venues had taken over all um, for big stars big stars didn't need to do weeks anymore they could do one night in a stadium. In a stadium and make the kind of money, yeah. Who and discos came in, a lot of discos. Di discos came in 70s, in the 60s. 60s, 70s. Yeah. Um, so it, it all changed then and I... Uh, Did you panic? You know, you come out of the pub, you were getting I've divorced. Come out of the pub. What are you going to do? The wilderness years. The wilderness years. I was very, very fortunate for a little wee while. I had a phone call from the directors of Port Vale Football Club. And I've just, it was quite noted in the paper that um, we'd divorced and I was single and I was lost. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I got a phone call from the Port Vale Football Directors. Would I like to be the um, steward of Port Vale Social Club? Right. I've worked there. Yeah. It's my club, it's my... You my, know it. I know it very well. And I've got nothing to do and I'm broke. <laughs> so the answer is yes. So I became the steward of Port Vale Social Club. That didn't last for very long, as it happens. But of course, all my mates came and worked for me. Yeah, so you get really good acts. I got because you knew everybody. I got great acts. I remember... You remember Ronnie Dukes and Ricky, Ricky Lee? Ricky Lee, very well. They were absolute... Ronnie Dukes and Ricky Lee... As I haven't mentioned them yet, but I'll mention them now because as a direct thing from Winning New Faces, I got a summer season with Ronnie Dukes and Ricky Lee in Jersey. In Jersey? I saw them in Great Yarmouth. I was a big fan of Ronnie Dukes and Ricky Lee. Loved Everybody them. was. They were, yeah, they were was, fabulous. It, it was a show within an act. He did, he did comedy, she sang, yeah. there was dancing, there, yeah. was, there was everything. There was a great band, their own band. They were top of the bill. They were so good. They weren't. Very, they weren't. They weren't the big name. They weren't the Shirley Bassey's, Tom Joneses, 
but they were big. Shirley Bassey and Tom Jones, I heard by reputation, didn't like to work with them because they couldn't follow them. Because they were too good. They were too good. Strong, very strong act, yeah. I compared them. This is an amazing fact. I was in Jersey at Beans West Park with Ron Dukes and Ricky Lee. They did six false tabs. They were written into the act. False tabs. They were so confident. They would keep False tabs is an encore, of course. And keep bringing them back. And uh, so, as a compare, there was three false tabs when I'm actually on stage and three false tabs where I do a voiceover from the back and just keep bringing them back. And the audience used to go absolutely berserk. And they'd have kept going. Probably the audience oh. would have kept going if they would have kept coming out. Yeah. They were phenomenal. Great, yeah. great There was gr- a lot of great double acts around in the 70s. Peters and Lee, yes. Ronnie Dukes, Ricky Lee. There was just a lot of those good, and like we just mentioned, Marty Kane. There was a lot of good yeah. comics, a lot of but, good but people that had nothing to do once Ronnie these clubs... Ronnie and Ricky worked predominantly up north. Right. They were a northern act. Northern based. Yeah. Northern based, northern based act. Northern humour. Mm. Um, they they didn't travel much down south, um, but but of course top of the bills everywhere. Yeah. Another who I must mention, but I worked with a lot, and he was absolutely God bless him. He, he's not with us anymore. Was um, Joe Dolan? Joe Dolan, yeah. Joe he? Dolan, Irish. Irish. Um, number one guy for me. Another, along with Matt, different kind of music completely. But Joe, we worked together a lot. He came and stayed with me down here in Stoke. I didn't realise how big he was till we went to an Irish club in Manchester one night. And it was like being with Tom Jones in Wales. It was unbelievable. Joe was wonderful, great singer, great entertainer, great presence on stage, and my mate. I know that we were talking about the club at Port Vale where you were the steward, but now we've gone on a little bit to Joe Dolan. Didn't you have a bit of a hit yourself in Ireland? I did. (laughs) If I remember rightly. God bless him. Joe died 10 years ago, a couple of years ago. And uh, the family asked me if I'd do Good Looking Woman, Oh Me, Oh My, You Make Me Sigh, You're Such a Good... That one. And uh, we did. I did a duet with him. And uh, on the anniversary of his 10 years, he died 10 years ago. And it got to number nine in the charts. Number nine. Yeah, that's literally a couple of years ago, isn't it? That that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought he'd gone back in the charts. Also... Yeah. At Port Bell Club, a great night. I remember the night being such a success. Remember called the Carl Denver Trio? Carl Denver Trio, yeah. Well, they were make good mates of mine. There was Carl, Jerry Cottrell, and Kevin Neal. And their lead guitar, Kevin Neal played lead guitar, magnificent guitarist. Bass player was Jerry Cottrell. And uh, Carl was a character. And we, we spent a lot of time together doing cabaret. And they used to come and do Port Vale Social Club for me. So ever all you got managed to get all your mates in. Yeah, and so that was a great audience. Yeah. How lucky that audience were to get all those big acts and good acts. I used to have a seating plan for a working man's club. Used to come and book the seats. It was great because <laughs> they'd all be desperate to get in. Yeah, and so that didn't last very long, though. No, a couple of years. And then where did you move on to then? Then I, I'm. It's a, I, I call them the wilderness years. I'm single. I'm divorced. I've got nothing. I spent a lot of time with no car. I didn't have a fridge for a while. Uh, no car. It was my wilderness times. We've all had them. Yes, and uh, I got a. Uh, Billy Forrest was an agent. My my mate Billy Forrest. He was my agent as well. Yes, yeah, was he? <laughs> he was, yeah. Well, Billy. Cocker Forrest. Cocker Forrest. I, I, well, Jersey. He, yeah. he, I did the summer season in Jersey for him. And. Uh, 
Billy rang me and he said, holiday camps, holiday camps as we called them in those days, uh, are looking for compares. And would you come and audit? Would you come and audition for? No, said I. <laughs> no, I won't. I said I think I've been around too long to audition for a. And he said, he said you haven't got any option, cocker. I said, why is that? He said you haven't got any money. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, well, you've got a point there, Bill. And I'll do said, it. He said, he said come and audition for me in Coventry, for this. Haven, no, it was Ladbrokes holidays. Ladbrokes before Haven, yeah. So Ladbrokes holidays were the things place to go to then. It was taken over by Haven eventually. So I went and auditioned, and I got a summer sea. This is 1980, 81, something like that. And um, he gave me a summer season in Cornwall, a Perrin Sands. Perrin Sands, still going strong. Yep, and I thought this will do for me. And I played cricket. We haven't got round to my cricket. Oh, I haven't got round to your sport. There's yeah. a whole, that's a whole yeah. other episode. So I, I played cricket a lot in my younger days, and I missed that a lot because I got into the entertainment business. I couldn't play on Saturday, of course. No time for sport, yeah. So I went to Cornwall and to Perrinstown, which is a wonderful place to spend a summer. And uh, it was on a hill, it was Perrinstown, and down the hill at the bottom was the cricket pitch. And I got involved with the cricket side down there. I played for Perrinport while I was there for four years. Four so years I, you so were there? Four years? Well, I did four years there, yeah. That's a long stint. <laughs>